Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is Season 3, Episode 18 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It could should come out on October 29th, 2020. So this is our Hall- Halloween episode. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Um, I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. We don't have anything spoopy or spooky that's going to be on here. So... Sorry. I mean, unless you consider the coffee mail or the capsicum mail spooky, we are doing a all brew episode. We're not talking about any technology this time, unless you count the one piece of tech kind of that's brew and tech related that I'm talking about, but we're not talking about anything that diverges from brewing this time. So should be kind of fun. We're also doing a whiskey. Um, so as everybody knows, I love whiskey. Uh, it's not so much your favorite thing, but it is a thing that I love to do, and um, we're going to be tasting something called Rider's Tears. Uh, it's a double oak, oak may, uh, uh, aged in American and French oak barrels, Irish whiskey. It's 46% ABV, and um, it is like, it makes me think of something like a Hemingway or something, you know, right? Drink, drinking mm-hmm. whiskey. So, um it says dashes of sweet vanilla and merry with notes of cinnamon before opening up to depths of plum and poached pear. Press grapes and citrus zest make way for chocolate undertones and lingering spice now i've had this before so um, i've been drinking it for a while um, but i gave you two ounces of it and so um, you might want to put like a dash of water in after you've tasted it to begin with but the smell of it what do you what do you get off that smell it's very sweet like mm-hmm. it's got i know it's saying chocolate um with the fruit but really that to me translates more like a dark cream or like a caramel and that's a really intense flavor that's really good like it's good in it without anything in it and then you take a sip of water afterwards and it's without the sweetness it is almost like having like a mouthful of um what they'll use on like the ice cream caramels that's like the thinner ones it's really good so it's it's got um like um an apricot and caramel caramelized sugar kind of flavor to it to me Mm. um and and i see i see where some of the things i don't get as much of like a milk chocolate but if i think about like the flavor i get off of like a darker chocolate Mm -hmm. especially like one of those that has like an orange in it or something like that i can see where they get the chocolate flavor from um so this is not my favorite whiskey but it is up there in my top five. Yeah. I really like this one a whole lot. It's a really good, like, mixing whiskey, I would think. Like, not even, like, I think about the things that, like, you make that aren't being made for the pureness of the alcohol, like, for the flavor. Like, when you put, like, a little bit of whiskey in a milkshake or something like that. That's, like, that'd be a really easy sell for me. Like, normally my wife is like, I don't like whiskey. I'm going to put rum in that. I think I could put some of this in, like, a vanilla milkshake to give it some of those darker tones, and she'd be all about it. I mean, possibly. I... I like this in something called a Godfather, mm-hmm. um, which is 
half sweet vermouth, half, you know, by volume of whatever you're putting in there, um, whiskey of whatever type you're using. And then you put a dash of like orange bitters into it um, and uh, mix it up in a, like a highball glass with some ice. And um, you can either pour it out, you know, like a whiskey sour uh, off the glass. Or you can just leave the ice in and let it melt with it. I normally just leave the ice in because I kind of like that as it as it evolves with the ice flowing into the the drink. I like how that kind of opens up some of the flavors and things like that. But you, I mean, you need a big piece of ice, right? Yeah. Um, but I've I I love this whiskey. I think it it goes well with a lot of different things. I normally just drink it straight up. I don't drink it with other stuff. Mm-hmm. I put a couple drops of water in it, and that opens it up enough for me to get most of the sweet and oils and, and things like that that are in it, which I just did right now. And it does, it changes the the smell of it too. Like it goes from being like this just cinnamon and um, fruit to like a cinnamon vanilla um, and caramel kind of smell to it. And I, I love it. It's, it's, it uh, it just it gets all the right flavors of whiskey. Now, this is an Irish blended whiskey kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it blended, or is it just an Irish whiskey that's double oak? I forgot. Forgot to look. Um, Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a blended Irish whiskey. It's two styles of Irish whiskey blended together, uh, in in aged casks. Um, so I love this. Like I love Irish whiskey. I love this. This is probably my favorite Irish whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had some like that I really like. Like there's some, um, you know, Johnny Walker, um, that I like, and there's some other Irish whiskeys I like. But there is one that we're gonna taste coming up. Ardbeg Anoa, oh my God! Like I've I've had peated whiskeys before that I've been like, mm, man, you know they're they're like rough, but the like Ardbeg, oh, like I will forever. It's like a Woodford Reserve for me for like American bourbons is one that I just keep around. I always have it, um, and I even sent you like a little vial of it so that we could compare it mm-hmm. on the uh, Ardbeg thing because I wanted to be able to look at it, but this one is everything that I always want in an Irish whiskey. Um, and I, I will probably keep a bottle of this around all the time. Okay. Uh, from now on out. And I've been thinking about, like, what can I cook with this? Because I feel like I could make, like, a dessert or something or a cake or, like, a something like that with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is kind of the spiced rum of whiskeys that I've had, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so good, so good. If you don't, if you like whiskey at all, should definitely try Rider's Tears. It's not, it's not the best. There's some other like better whiskeys, but it's not super expensive. It's not like, I mean, like um, you pay like seventy or eighty dollars for like a Glenfiddich or like a Glenlivet or something like that. Glenlevitt, Glenlevitt is how you pronounce that. Yeah, this one's more like I think it was forty bucks for a seven fifty milliliter. I got it off Flaviar. It was good. I like it. So, Ooh, that's, so that's interesting because I am 
Maybe Flaviar's just got really good deals. Mm-hmm. Or wait a minute. Oh, they sell. Di- okay, never mind. Like, I was pulling some up. I was like, how much for a bottle of this cost? And it looks like they also keep some historic blends. Yeah. They're also yeah, called Rider's Tears. And those are really the, expensive. It's the double, double oak. Gotcha. Rider's Tears, double oak. Yeah, that's not too what bad. You're looking for. And, um, you know, let's see, let's see what it is on total line. Fifty four ninety nine on total line, and I think Flaviar's is a little bit cheaper than that. I think it's yeah. like forty forty five or something like that. Anyways, it's a it's a lot cheaper um, than than what the other one was. So, um, you know, I love it. Let's talk about my coffee mail. So we talked about it last time. You know, like I made um, some cold brew and I and I put it in. I haven't tasted it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm waiting on that, but it's clearing out nicely. Um, it got down to, I think at my last testing of it, it was 1.03. Um, so it went from 1.1 to 1.03. So it's already like around 10 to 12% ABV and it's still sweet. Um, I'm going to see if it keeps going. I don't know if it gets stuck at anything above 1.2 that I'm even going to care at that point. Um, yeah. I think I added some, uh, no, I did. I haven't added anything to it yet. It's just been like it is no additions or anything like that. Just sitting there. I, te- I tested it. It was fine. Um, I, uh, you know, went back and looked at it. It's still very cloudy, but it's only been in there since for, um, like three and a half weeks. So I pulled it out last night to take a look at it and it's still very cloudy. So. I'm not worried that it's going to get clear because of the oils and everything from coffee, but um, I would like for it to get a little bit clearer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering if I'll put, like, so what I'm wondering is if it tastes really good um, after it's become, al- you know, like gone through all the alcohol conversion process and everything, mm-hmm. if maybe adding some, like, cream to it or some Baileys to it would make it, like, kind of like a, a cluing cream. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. A, l- a little cream with it. I'm not sure you would need Bailey's for the natural sweetness, depending on where it ends. Because, like, 1.03 is not, like, super, super sweet. But, like, that's only, a ha- like, a 0.005 from apple juice. But it's still really sweet right now. If that gets down to, like, a like a 1.02, it's closer to where, like, a sweet wine or a dessert wine is at with a little bit of cream in it. That could be, like, exactly what we had talked about. Like, a, just, like, a coffee drink. You're, like, banging out, so... Um, I, I know it's not going to be ready, you know, by the, by the time we're done this year, but probably mm-hmm. I'll save a bottle or two, um, for the next, or I might make, if it, if it turns out being good, I may make another one, um, right before Christmas. And then when we pick back up in spring, it'll be ready to probably drink at that point. Yeah. So looking forward to it. So let's talk about the caps Camel I'm planning on making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've, I've texted you about this, uh, and we, we went back and forth. Um, have you had any thoughts on it since then? Like, like what? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I don't know. I'm really worried about any of the peppers in the middle and really just like trying to figure out how that would work. I feel like you get the sweet peppers, you get like your bell peppers and things like that. That flesh I think will like distill down really well because it doesn't have the intensity of the flesh, like the greenery of the flesh that like a lot of other peppers have like poblanos and things like that like a roasted poblano though would have like a lot of flavor but like 
so much of a pepper is based on just that little bit of sugar balance it has, right? Like the, the difference between like a pepper that's not ripe and tastes awful compared to a pepper that is ripe and tastes good is such a, a such a small difference. So like I'm definitely feeling bell and I'm definitely feeling hotter peppers you wouldn't put in in like high amount. Like if you're realistically doing like a one gallon batch or like a two gallon batch, one to two um, habaneros might be really good. What yeah. I'm thinking about doing is getting uh, a bunch of jalapenos and throwing them into a one gallon batch, but taking out all the seeds and the veins, just, just the flesh, just the flesh. Um, and then I'm thinking about taking a bunch of bell peppers and mm -hmm. throwing them into a one gallon batch and seeing what happens between gotcha. the two. And then if they end up being like one of them ends up being sweet, I may in secondary throw just like a whole jalapeno or a whole habanero in there. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, yeah, well, if they want like some spiciness to it, they'll put in just the seed um, in secondary. And the reason for that, I'm not sure if we talked before the podcast, on the podcast in the first episode or not. No, but, um, we seed, didn't talk about it. Gotcha. We haven't talked about this on the podcast. Yes, yeah, the seeds of peppers are alkaline. So yep. they extract really well in an alcoholic mixture. So, you know, that's how I've always heard how to make like a spicy one. If it's going to be like really spicy, you just get like a good heat pepper, like either like a habanero or, you know, so I know some people do um, jalapeno. You put in maybe a little bit of flesh for some of the flavor, but it's really the seeds you're getting for. But you do want to get the vein out. You want to kind of get that waxy stuff out of there. That's not going to taste very good. Uh, well, but, I'm not saying I'm not thinking about adding the seeds though. All I want is the um, sweet flavor of the pepper. It's the same. Yeah. Well, that, like, what that's I'm trying what I get, to get yeah. is like when I go out and or what I'm thinking of is when I go out and I make like a honey glazed steak with peppers and I grill it on the um, the grill. Uh, and, you know, I get that kind of smoky, peppery deliciousness that just comes from like the honey and the pepper together. That's what I'm trying to capture. Not so much the heat gotcha. of this, the pepper, like, like a hot pepper, more of the sweetness. And I yeah. love jalapeno sweetness. I love um, red chili sweetness. And I love, um, uh, you know, bell pepper sweetness and those sort of things. So I'm trying to find one that I can take like a large amount of peppers. Like I get like, I'm thinking like 10 jalapenos and maybe six or seven, you know, bell peppers and throwing them in and, and seeing what happens in the brew. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I value your opinions on these things. I, I don't think, have we ever tried to make a capsicumel before? No, I've, uh, I've done a couple of things with stuff in like the, the pepper family, but we've never definitely yet made one together. Yeah, so I was thinking about doing something like that, and then if it turns out good, then maybe trying to have like a blend of the two peppers together and see what happens. Like try try a, a blend kind of like maybe using one of the other wines that I make, like maybe making the fruit punch wine again at the same time, um, or making the cherry mead that we've made before. Because that was just um, frozen cherries, right, in a brew bag with... Uh, some honey was it orange blossom or wildflower that we used for that mm. do you remember probably yeah probably orange I, I was in a big orange phase right then because okay. i couldn't get my hand on good wildflower yeah so orange blossom and maybe um maybe throwing 
like some cherry juice in mm -hmm. and, and you know in that um, mixture just to kind of bump up the cherry flavor and then doing some sort of mix at the same time but I'm, I'm probably going to do it like you know coming up soon also talking about doing like a pumpkin um, mead mm -hmm. so I'm probably going to have a couple more batches that are coming up within probably this will come out on the 29th um, and probably by then I'll have um, you know, bottled some of the things that I've already made and I'll make like two or three of these that I'm talking about. Um, and then we'll see what happens. Um, and then, and then once they've aged a little bit in the bot in the bucket, I'll mix them, like maybe make, pull out one bottle's worth, like maybe a third and a third and a third and mix them together a third and, you know, to kind of like get a ratio and see how it tastes and then let them age together and see what ends up happening. Cause I'm, I'm interested in seeing what doing a blend of some of the things that I've been making would end up doing. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You got, you got any other thoughts on that? I mean, I'm sitting here babbling on. About... No, I'm interested to see how it works out. Like I said, I got a hundred percent see, especially you're going for like the actual pepper flavor, bell pe peppers working out. I'm a little nervous about jalapeno. I want to see where that goes. Well, remember the jalapeno beer that we had. That's true. Was, but that was also, was... That was about the spice. There, there was not a lot of, but you know, like you kind of called the sweetness of like when you cook them, unless you're going to cook the peppers before you put them in, just because the jalapeno uh, doesn't have much sugar in it. Yeah, I was thinking of actually like cooking them a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, if you're going to like caramelize them up some, that I can see that working out a lot better. Yeah, that that one. So, uh, well, that that was exactly the thing. That one, the beer was vegetal and spicy, mm -hmm. and although that was okay, I've never gone back to get another beer like that. Yeah. That's not my thing. Now, we've had some ciders that were spicy, but they had roasted peppers in them, not... And so I'm thinking more in that vein, like going down that route. The, gotcha. um, oh, well, It wasn't Mike's. It was some other cider that we tried that, that had that, that roastiness in it. But yeah. Was that's that a Blake cider? Blake's, that was it. Yeah. Blake's. Blake does a couple of... Um, I thought the one... And I could be wrong. I've had a lot of like Blake cider because it's easier to get in like a regular store, um, or at least it used to be. You know, there's there kind of some more stuff there. But I know Blake's had a um, a habanero one. That used to be their only spicy one, but maybe they have another one. There. I th I thought it was the roasted habanero that they that we had, but maybe I'm wrong. I, there was definitely one at some point in time. I'll have to go back and look. And I don't know if we did it on the podcast, but I remember getting a roasted habanero or jalapeno cider that was really yeah. good and i thought that that would be like if i just made that without the heat like the the spicy chemicalness mm -hmm. it might actually be yeah i mean they definitely i mean I, I drink it every now and then they have a um mango and habanero now, i don't know if they um roast the, the habanero but yeah, yeah that's I, don't, one I don't know yeah. that they that they normally do they i think okay. it's made out of michigan apples habanero and mango and the mango is where some of that sweetness comes from yeah but it's also like it's not, I won't say it's like really spicy. No, it's got a it's little not. kick to it. Yeah, it's a, I, I think they take most of the seeds out, or they put just a, a very small amount in whatever. Yeah, most people, if you're making something with habanero, you're only putting one habanero in. Yeah. Um, unless you're really trying to just make it spicy. But yeah, no, that one's good. But um, yeah, I mean, imagine if you took the seeds out, if you're brave enough to take the seeds out of a, 
like chopping up a habanero, you know, make sure you get your gloves on because that stuff can like burn. Yeah, you I, I have no problem but, with that. Uh, no, no, no issue with me. Yeah, I, you I've, take the seeds out, you can probably get a lot of the heat in this gone. Most of the peppers, when you go for heat, you're getting that from the seeds because of how well they break down the alcohol. Yeah, the seeds and the veins and and things like that are the things you want to take out, right? So that's that's the stuff. Yeah. I'm, what I'm thinking about doing is is cutting out the seeds and the veins, then roasting it like over the grill. And then taking them and, and dropping them in roasted. Okay. Um, yeah. Not the bell peppers, but the, the other ones. Yeah, all the other ones. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I can see that. Yeah. So um anyways. Uh Brutech, let's talk about uh buying a robo brew system. So um I have not had as much luck with making beers. I've made a couple, like I made like a, a Irish stout and a oat, chocolate oatmeal stout and a couple other things like that, that I felt like they were okay. Uh, my first beer that I made on my own had way too much hops in it and it was not good. Uh, but the, the other two that I've made since then, they've been all right. I've not been, I've not hated them, but I can't get the carbonation right on them. Like mm -hmm. they either end up being so lightly carbonated that it's just like, what's the point? Like there, there was no real carbonation. Uh, I haven't been able to figure out force carving them either. I've got like a little force carbonation system uh, thing, but I've seen a couple of robo brews that are out there. Like um, we talked about one. Um, uh, what, what was that one called? The Bruce. We talked about the Pico brew a couple of Pico times. brew talked about it before but there's a couple of other ones that are out there that i've actually mm -hmm. seen since then and some of them actually carbonate your like they have little carbonation canisters and they'll force carb yeah. your beer after it's finished brewing um mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think about that man and i know we've yeah they're about always it. cool systems we've talked about it for a while and i think the newer pico brews they also do the carbonation it's uh it's an interesting run i i always try and take things i read with a grain of salt like i if, if nothing else, the years I spent doing things like physics, they force in you really got to like do your research on stuff because it's so easy to like get lost in the, the opinion of things. But these systems always have like really mixed reviews. There's people that say, oh, they're really great. They're amazing. And there's generally people that are new at brewing that say those things. And the people that are like seniors at brewing say that they're really awful and they don't do a good job. And I'm just wondering how much of that because you know these are all opinions there's no fact i can get until i can like actually use one but i keep seeing in the bad reviews people say stuff like i've used the recipes i've always used they're so good when i make them myself when i make them in the pico brew they're just awful and that like put, turns people off on them i just wonder how much do you actually just need a new recipe like even the thing that you love and like 100 percent you make it right now the pico brew is in itself its own whole enclosed environment that is different than what you've ever used before. So I've always kind of wanted to try one knowing that like the things that I love to make, I probably won't be able to create right away, but like, can I recreate those recipes? Can I say, okay, well, because this is so self-contained, maybe I don't need as much of this spice or like maybe I don't need as much of this sugar or maybe, you know, it's just a small environment. Everything's like uh, normally brews like inside of the tub. Maybe I need a little bit more sugar. I need a little bit more nutrient. You know, something like that. So I still got the the grip to go in and try it, despite most of these things having pretty mixed reviews. Because I think I think there's a way to make them work. I think you just got to treat it like it's a new thing, like it's a new tool. Your old tools don't 
don't translate as well. And you got to kind of start over with this, with the idea that if you nail it, it's super easy and super repeatable. Absolutely. And I, I think the Pico Brew, so the Pico Brew is one. Beer Droid is another one that I've seen mm-hmm. um, that I kind of want to try out. It's, it ended up being, it the, the one that I saw was fairly inexpensive but now it's like a thousand dollars it was like four hundred dollars when i was looking at it before oh wow. but there's some other ones like the brew demon and um mr beer and stuff like that i think the 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 thing that i'm that i'm thinking about mostly with the uh pico brew or the brew demon or mr beer or whatever else it is um is that i want something that i can actually do like a, a carving like a force carb with mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's my, cause I can brew the beer, um, and I can chill it and I can put it in like a little gallon or half gallon, you know, container, but the carbonation is always off. Like I never get it right for that area. And I've like done a whole bunch of looking into like how much you're supposed to add. I've actually found a pretty interesting sheet that we may talk about after I figure out if that's right. Um, it talks about how much sugar and, and if the sheet is right, I've been way off by how much, like how much I've been putting in mm-hmm. based off of what people have just told me, oh, this is how much you should put in, uh, using the yeast that you're using. But I've been way off with the, the stuff that I've done. Yeah. In the past. Like under... like even, even my g- ginger beer one was off. Um, so what, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Like over or under, like you put in way too much or not enough. Not enough. Not, okay. not enough to, and that, and that's why I've always had, always have like really weak carbonation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I, I've, I want to do something like that at some point in time to see, to just to see what I can do with it. And, you know, I mean, if I, I, I what, what I don't want to do, I don't trust myself enough to build a kegerator or something like that yet. I'm still studying it out. Once I know enough about like how those things are built, I may go go and just build like a keyser, yeah. uh, which is probably what I would end up doing, uh, and put it out like in my garage or something, and just having it, you know, having beer on tap, um, or putting it like getting a small keyser and putting it in maybe up here in my office. I don't know. That's a I'm a little worried that if it springs a leak or something's wrong, I have to carry it back downstairs. So I'd rather have it on the first floor than the third floor of my house, you know, so yeah. to speak. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my thought on that um, okay. or what kind of what I'm planning. So, yeah, so I'm looking through, I looked at some of the things you were saying, like the, uh, the brew demon and the Mr. Beer. Are you looking to make that like half step where like, you've got a better brew vessel, but it's not automated with the things that are like the brew demon. Um, that, that, that would be the idea behind the brew demon. Yeah. 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 Cause they, I've actually seen some people, I've told them the things I've thought about doing. Right. was um, I know a couple of people that use things like that and they really like it because you can get some really clear, like even when you're using it for wine or cider stuff out of it. Right. So that like unique shape, it just funnels all that yeast away. Yeah, exactly. So that that's kind of the, I'm, I might just buy one of those just to, or maybe two, just to be able to like make some stuff. And they're not like the, the brew demon, um, uh, the 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 more expensive one the hundred dollar one is yeah i, not I too think bad. yeah northwestern brewing makes something similar to this i'll have to see if i can find it for you they do what what i like about those and what i don't like as much about this one um because i know you like to throw in a lot of spices you like to do a lot of secondary work 
what um, some of the ones out there on the market that are a little bit, not too much more expensive, just a little bit. That little bottom part where like the yeast sits, it seals and twists off. So when you're ready to go do secondary, you just boom, take that bottom piece off and all of your good brew is still sitting on top. You throw your spices and walk away. Never even have to do the transfer. So there, there, there is one of the brew demons that does that also. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a nice I'm little not thing. Sure that which I've one it is? I, I, and I, I, I think it is, or maybe it's the Mister Beer that does it. I can't remember, but I, I saw one of them that did that. Mm. Um, and Northern Brewer has one. I like. I, I still haven't done enough research to be like that's the one I'm gonna do. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but there, there's also like the Clawhammer. Clawhammer has these complete uh brew systems that i've thought about doing too that are fairly automated so like i just i've got a lot of stuff i mean i could spend ten thousand dollars on this i don't think my wife will let me do that yeah. so, <laughs> you know uh i've talked to so one of our uh patrons um uh, or you know the the people that that you know regularly listen to us he the person that we know personally person personally mm-hmm. yeah um but uh, he he was talking to me about this, and um, he said that having a keyser changed his life. So, um, and he's he's given me some advice on how to like, and good advice on how to get some things right and everything with this. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and do it again. I'm gonna keep trying with the beer. I've I've made some delicious ones. Just I'm not happy with how the um, the mash in process goes and some of the other things like that with the equipment I have right now. And so I want to, I mean, I want to be able to make small batch. I don't yeah. want to make like 10 or 15 gallons of this stuff, just small batches that taste the way I want them to. And probably next year I'm going to have like some, if I'm, if I'm still alive and I'm still brewing, I'm probably going to make some like pumpkin beer and some Oktoberfest and some other things like that. Because beer is just, it's like making tea. There's so many different ways that you can make it, so many different things that you can do. And once you figure out how to make it right, it's some of the best stuff in the world, right? Yep. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. You got you got anything else to say about automation systems, something that you're fantasizing about being able to do with these things? No, not yet. When I move in, I've told my wife that I'm, I want a place that has like, either like a utility room or a basement, or even just like an outhouse that we can run electricity to, because I want to have like a little brew space. And that's what I'm going to get real serious about. Let me get my, my small handful of things that I really, really like, and get that process completely streamlined with some automation, so that I can just keep pumping that out. Because I'll admit, like, that strawberry wine, there's some changes I'd make to it, but we made that real cheap. And shortly after we got all that, um, one of the... Um, wine stores around here because when COVID first hit was trying to really reduce their stock because um, you know, they didn't want to have to pay for the second rental space. So they sold us like a case of Moscato. That's normally like $12 a bottle. It was like, I think 12 bottles and we got it for 25 bucks. It was ridiculous. So it was like at around the same price point of like this professionally produced wine. It was not as good as that strawberry wine. The flat out wasn't like strawberry wine. The one gripe, I mean, like, I loved it. Like, so I'm not, I'm definitely not, not hitting on it or anything like that. The one gripe that I had with it is that as delicious as it was, the mouthfeel was a bit off. Yeah. With and it. you're a hundred percent. Well, I just had no mouthfeel. Yeah. Like it, it tasted, you know, it, well, I shouldn't say it tasted, it felt pretty much like water. Like it was really thin. 
there was no, nothing to like grip onto you. Had no mouthfeel, 100% right. That's kind of like what I want to improve with it. Um, but, you know, it just, it just for me, it really highlighted like, look, this bottle of Moscato that I just got that I would normally have to pay like 100 bucks plus for, I made something better for like 30 bucks and in a much larger quantity. So like once you find those things you like, you can just save so much money and, you know, have your perfect little thing. What was it that you used for that? Was it the Vintner's Harvest stuff? Or did you just get some, like, strawberry puree? I'd have to go back and check. It was definitely not strawberry puree. I just don't know what exactly the company was. But that was, like, my experiment for I want to just try and play with a pure extract sort of thing. Because we had done, like, the flavor extracts before that turned out so bad. I'm like, let me just get a commercial wine base and just put a lot of care and attention into, like, not the ingredients I put in, because it was legitimately... It was juice in that wine base. That was it. It's a two ingredient wine. There were no spices in it, anything like that. I was just, I'm going to take my time and do a really, really good job in the brewing process. You know, like did things all above board, no real like tricks, you know, didn't try and cold cash in the fridge. I like <laughs> sealed it up and put it outside because it was cold enough. It's like, let's do this like how, you know, wine used to be made. Why all these people tell you, hey, make a really big batch in the fall so it can crash over winter and then take it out. It's been like three months on this thing. That's why I didn't really need much aging because uh, it already had aged so much of secondary. This turned out great. So, yeah, I'll find out who the the actual company for it was. But it was just a strawberry wine base and some, I think it was the uh, Costco, the Kirkland apple juice. So I think... Um, that there is a uh, strawberry puree that you can get this like uh, Vintner's Best or something like that. Mm -hmm. Vintner's Harvest strawberry puree. It's like 49 ounces. Um, And it's only like $23 or something like that. I think that's the stuff that I'm targeting to get for my secondary to throw in to the the strawberry that I'm, strawberry Mm -hmm. wine I'm making. I'm not sure how that's going to turn out though. I have not been impressed with it so far. So we'll see if that ends up being good yeah. or not. But uh, Well, that's why that was one of the things I was so excited for, because it's like if it would work. Strawberry is traditionally not an easy thing to brew with and get a really good strawberry flavor. Like, you'll get it. There'll be hints of it. Like, people have made strawberry wine forever. But it's just a strawberry is so acidic that when you go in there, and, you know, it's almost like the same issue that you have with, like, store-bought apple juice. It eventually just distills down if it goes dry into something that's not super appetizing. But the way they do these strawberry wine bases, which is where kind of like some of the hidden magic of that is, is it's predominantly strawberry in flavor, but it is not only the strawberry juice. They go in and they mix in stuff like pear and plum. And I think the the one I was reading through also had some apple in it because they go ahead and they balance those acids out at like a really high quality level. So that's one of those things like I'm interested kind of to play with is I didn't expect it to turn out as great as it did. And I was just completely free balling on how much of the wine base to add in primary and secondary, apart from just ABV. Like I was in such a hurry to get the base out there that like, I didn't even measure it. I like literally went by just, I eyeballed it. I went by how far on the container it went down. And I was so happy with like the level of sweetness that came out of it. It was maybe a little bit too sweet. But, you know, I, originally I was like, I'm just going to put all of it in and let it go dry. And it's actually, it's like, eh, let me save like a fourth of this. 
and just see what happens. It went out. It, 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 it turned out great. I, I think if you added some more, like, fruit to it, like, to actually get some of those, like, pectins and stuff yeah. and, uh, and, and some spices, that would be... It'd be it'd be awesome. We'd be trading, like I'd give you some of my fruit punch and uh, some of my spiced piment, and you would give me some of that, and trade back and forth over the over the winter constantly. Um, yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about that? No, I'm happy with that. All right, dude. Well, then, this has been season three, episode eighteen of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate your time and we'll catch you next time.